So we are talking today about how should I think about money. And I want to appreciate Sister Titi for the last section we had, because a lot of things that she spoke about, you know, on how can I be blessed in and all that, you know, links up. And now we're going to be having a lot of discussions today, but I will try to make it, you know, as short as possible. Uh, this topic is too broad, it's too big, to be honest, to deal with. But I'm just going to come with one aspect and see where God wants us to get to um, today. Um, so what is money? Because when we talk about how should I think about money, the question is, what do we understand? What is money? So um, if you can, if you've not, if you're not in a noisy place, you can unmute yourself so that we can just be throwing answers as much as we can. So what do we think money is? If they ask you the question, what is money? I can see Damola smiling. That means, uh, oh, Titi. Oh God, Titi, can yeah. you say that? What do you think money is? Okay, I think money is anything of value that we exchange or we give in place of um, services rendered. Mm. Or like, yeah, something of value that exchange that, that stands in place of positive um, contribution. Okay, so Solidity contribution, yes. So, so money is a value that you exchange. Anything that is exchange something for like a good or service, yeah. So, it's talking from mm. a business point of view. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. Um, I'm going to be throwing. Uh, Damola, I want you to say, tell me what, there's no wrong or right answer. What do you think money is? Is it Stano in this? Actually, yes. um, but I don't know oh, if yeah. she can talk yet. She was. Okay. No, I want to be sure she's here because I can't see everyone. Okay. So, mm -hmm. Damola, what do you think that money is? Oh, like Stacey had right to say, I'll just add that it's a legal tender, and I hear it's always, so yeah, just add that. But it's a legal tender for, yeah, people of exchange for goods and services and all of that. Okay, okay, that's fine. So money, if you look at money, money is um, an, a medium of exchange, like Titi said, um, something of value is a medium of exchange. Now, there's a question I want to also ask, and is is money? I I would have withdrawn some money. I'm not. I I operate a cashless in my house, so I would have asked this question. But what I mean, pepper, is it just the pepper of five or ten pounds that you have, or ten naira that you have? Is that what money is, or can money be something else? Because Titi said something of value in exchange for goods and services. So, is it limited to a pepper or? What, what do we understand? Is money limited to a paper or can money be something else? Sister Nato, do you have anything to say? <laughs> what is it? Is money limited to paper? Mm -mm. So money can be anything else? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like gold. Gold, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, anyone else? Sister, can you stop where you are? Okay. Wait, I'm here. I'm just something valuable. Something valuable. Dr. Harry. Uh, crypto. Cryptocurrency. Crypto. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Okay. That's great. I think someone is saying something on the chat. 
can be anything we attach value to, not just paper. Thank you, Sister mm -hmm. Titi. So money can be an indirect form of exchange. If you look at the scriptures in Genesis chapter 37, verse 28, this was a young man that had a lot of dreams, a lot of values, a lot of things he wanted for his life. And what happened? His brothers became jealous. May we not have brothers like that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. His brothers became jealous of his dream and they decided to see him finish. If I use Nigerian term, they saw him and they valued him. And what they found out that he was, he was cost is what 20 pieces of silver. They say, give us 20 pieces of silver and we'll give you this good and service. A whole human being with a lot of vision and everything for just 20 pieces of silver. So at that point, 20 pieces of silver was like a money, was like the money, was the exchange they used. And then I'll just talk us a little bit through, uh, through the um, history of money. You know, life, you know, it began with exchange, as you said, there's an exchange of things. So people, someone owns a shoe factory, he's hungry he can't eat shoe and then someone owns a, a cow or maybe a, um, a headsman that owns a cow uh, lots of cows and then the headsman wanted um, a shoe to wear and the other guy wanted food to eat and he said okay i'll give you one shoe and you'll give me what maybe one cow and right. then at some point it was like no one shoe cannot be so the value the person that owns the shoe values the shoe to be equal to one cow. And the person that owns the cow feels like the cow is more expensive than one shoe. And they come to a common ground. And when they come to a common ground, that is the exchange. And that is what money. What have they agreed? This one agreed, okay, I'm going to give you four pairs of shoes. And this one agreed, I'm going to give you one of my cows for this. But at a point, we see that these things are difficult. And we now went into gold and silver. And we see how, how Jesus was uh, betrayed for a uh, number of the social so, so number of gold and, all, of and uh, silver and all that. We see the life of Joseph as well. And we see in scriptures and in tradition, in Roman tradition and some of the kingdoms, how they were using money to do what? To exchange for slaves and all that. Even as early as in our country as well, before, during slavery, people were exchanged and bought for fuel money and then money started graduating and graduating at some point you see where people say oh i have 10,000 10 maybe say 200 pieces of silver they can't carry those money so it's heavy for them to be carrying it around they now said okay why not have a warehouse where we can load this money when we load these things in the warehouse we can now have a receipt to say this guy has so 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 amount of silver in this warehouse and that was how pepper now money became pepper and people were like okay um, i want to buy something from um, uh, dr henry and then dr henry i have this thing and this is a receipt take 50 50 um, pieces of silver or 50 dollars or 50 pounds and then what go and so when henry goes with that piece of paper to the man in charge of those warehouse he gives them the piece of paper but this piece of paper is limited to just the environment and that was how we graduated to what we have now as money and like she said money is what you exchange for a good or service so when i give you 50 pounds to come and spend two hours with me i'm saying that you are worth 50 pounds for two hours do we not understand what money is mm. 
And one thing about money that I have to tell each of uh, was is that money is a terrible master. There are things that are terrible masters in our life that we need to work on. Money and our flesh. Money is a terrible master and a wonderful servant. So um, I put down, um, the, yesterday as I was thinking, I was trying to find the word, but I couldn't get the word that, it, that they use for it. Something that's like a gun. If you give a gun to a police officer, it's good for safety. And if you give a gun to a bandit, it is for uh, the wrong thing. You know, some items like that, like money, the love of money is bad. The attributes, the approach towards it can be what good or evil. So money itself is not bad because some people believe that money or lots of money is evil because one of the parables that we are told is parable of the rich man and the poor man. So people are like, it's better you become the poor man and not the rich man because you want to go to heaven. Mm. So the love of money is where the problem is and not money itself. Now I have to throw another question now to us. And the question is, who is a poor person? Who do we, who do you think is a poor person? Oh. I don't know people that are, um, is it Oluwa Dami, Dami, Larry, Yusuf? Are you free to talk? Who do you think is a poor person? I'm Larry, are you there? Yes, I'm, I'm here. A poor yeah. person, I would say a poor person is um since your network is a bit can you hear how to um, manage um, the resources he has. Now, when I say resources, I'm not just talking about the money in his, in his bank account, actually, because a man might not have um, money in his bank account, and he has access to a relationship that can give him the money he needs per time. So I would say a poor person is someone without, that does not know how to manage the resources. He can be earning a, a million, a million naira per month, but we also, what we always end up um, borrowing at the end of the month because he has not learned how to manage the resources he has at hand. So that's what, it, that's what a poor man is to me. Okay. Can I just add something? Okay. okay. Yeah, so as you've earlier explained about uh, money being, I mean, currently it's more to just like the paper version of it. But I would, I would, I would uh, define and explain uh, a poor person as someone that's lacking something. Because um, again, as the previous speaker said, you might be lacking in paper money, but some people got like leverage somewhere, maybe it could be assets or uh mental capacity so in that's to that doesn't like define you as being poor but when you're lacking in something that's like that person is poor okay thank you um i think um sister neto said something that money is a uh, what was it that he said 
I said being poor means you lack something. Oh, you being poor means that you lack something. Okay. Anyone else? Titi Before we move on. Oh, Titi, Sister Titi. Yes, sir. Um, I, I wanted to agree with um, Henry. So it's, I would just, poverty, like if you say someone is poor, poverty is just lack. And because of our topic, we have to direct it to lack of money in it. But um, poverty in general, like you can be poor in mind. Like there are different kinds of poverty, which I, I feel like the, the worst kind of poverty is the poverty of mind. But when you talk about poverty in terms of monetary value, I feel like you've not found a way or creative means to get some sort of value out of your abilities or your achievements or you've not like you don't you haven't found a way to get proper compensation like the bible says um the work of your hand will feed you pastor can help us that passage something like that so it's like what you're capable of doing is what to put food on your table and what to earn you money so if you don't find a way to combat that to something of high value or you don't mm. have the right connections like everybody has said yeah thank you mm. thank you so much sister Titi. So that means we agree that um, lack of money, it's uh, lack of money does not mean poverty. So um, according to scriptures, and um, I, I read this up and it's very uh, informative. There are four kinds of persons that um, the scripture addresses as a poor. If you look at um, the scriptures, all truth, we have um, a set of persons that are, Poor as a result of calamity. You have a. I'm oh, sorry, hold on. Yeah. So we have a, lot, um, a couple of persons that are poor as a result of calamity. Um, one of them is imagine you're, you have a couple working and then the breadwinner uh, uh, gives off the goats and uh, transits to so, uh, the other world you know, or orphans that they've lost their parents and they don't have anyone helping them. So they generally become poor, you know. So the, the, the Lord made provision for these ones to be taken care of. If you look at the book of Acts chapter 6, verse 1 to 7, we see where the, the church, the early church, had to create some um, deacons to take care of the widows and they... Uh, the widows and the orphans among them, the poor people among them. And these were the people that were poor as a result of calamity. And if you go to the Old Testament as well, we see people that are poor because of oppression and exploitation. Example, like we are, most of us are Nigerians and we see how sometimes, you know, the government exploits, especially, you know, these um, small scale people they carry vegetables and then you bring, you take one tax to another or whatever, just trying to take money off them. And some of them become poor because of that, because the little money they have are being taken from them illegally. Um, um, uh, it's been taken from them illegally. So there's another aspect of oppression and uh, exploitation and those people are poor. And these are people that the Bible also recognizes. I think some where in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19, uh, I didn't prepare to read some of these scriptures, but I think he talked about either the first part of it. The, I think he talked about making room for. Can you give me Deuteronomy 24, 19? Deuteronomy what? 24, verse 19. And then why they're getting the scripture, the third point of uh, 
uh, exploit uh, the third part of uh, poor people. Yes, please. Did I read it? Okay. Do you want to read it, sir? Yes. From the KJV, it says, When thou cuttest down thine harvest in the field, and as for God's a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, or for the widow, that yes. the, Lord, the, God, the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the works of thy hands. Good. This is the Lord making provision for the fatherless, for the widows, and for um, the other people. And now what we see now is the church is depending on the government to do or to take care of the poor people or the widows in the community and all that. And the Lord is looking onto the church to do that. Because if you watch the early church, they are the models of what we need to follow with the end time church. The early church, they did what? They had deacons take care of this. At the point, he wanted to cause trouble in the, in the, uh, in the assembly of when they were talking about the proper Jews. And, but that's outside the scope of what I'm talking about. But they took care of the widows and all that. The third group of poverty are people that Solomon talked or people like Paul will say, if you do not work, do not work, eat. Those that are what? Lazy and those that sleep and enjoy their, uh, just sleep and sleep and sleep and they don't work and they, they expect to be helped. And Paul said, if you do not um, uh, eat, uh, work, do not eat. And if you see that scripture, we'll be like, ah, Paul is not a Christian. No. But these people have the hands, they have the legs, they have every capacity to make money but they or to work and fend for themselves, but they just decide to be what to be lazy and maybe probably live on on people's need. Let me just let me not be controversial, but live on people on every other person. So people call it benefits, but I didn't say anything. So some other people are poor because of what for righteousness' sake. You know, we get a lot of people that maybe are medical doctors, but they decide to go into the ministry and leave all the they could have made from the profession and all that just to go solely sold out for Christ and all that. We have our Lord Jesus Christ. He left all the treasures in heaven just to come on earth and just not even have a house and be walking up and down and just for righteousness sake and their reward, God is going to reward each and every one of them. Praise God. And now... I'm just going to be speaking about, and then we'll go into interactive, but how do we build wealth? Now we know what money is. It's a form of exchange. It's an indirect form of exchange. also a medium of exchange. And there's something else that I feel like I needed to speak about uh, briefly. And it's about, I made a statement. I said that money is a terrible master and a wonderful servant. Now the question is, how do I make money a, 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 a servant and not a master? Because one of the things that the Lord hates is something, God is a jealous God, and money is something, one thing that is capable of taking our mind and our presence away from God. You see yourself, you are praying about uh, your money devotion and you're thinking about your house rent. You're praying about, you're thinking about, oh, where can I get this money for this? Everything is about money, money, money. So I want to ask us a question. I want to throw it open. How do we think? We can make money a wonderful a servant and not a master. What way can we make that happen? Adeola, are you free to talk, ma? 
Oh, Sister Anu is not yet free to speak, isn't it? I'll chat her. Okay, Adenike. Oh, yeah, somebody has put up a chat. If you can't talk, you can just give us a chat. Okay, okay. What, what what do you understand? And Madiola, how do you think we can put it if you can type? That would be fantastic. Okay, except she can type. She she can yeah, if you can type, that's yeah. type, that's fine. Sister Titi, how do you think we can make money a wonderful servant? Or we can make money a servant and not a master? Um. Okay, I just want to give an instance. I've had friends that I talk to and I ask, Okay, what do you want to do in life? They say they don't know, they just want to make money. Mm. So that kind of tells me money is your master because it dictates what you do with your life and your time and your resources and everything. Your whole goal, in, for ex your whole reason for existing is to not be poor monetarily. And I feel that's shallow. That's how money dictates your movements in life. Like you said, some people be thinking of money even when they are praising God. It's all about this money. The reason for praising God in the first place is the money. It's all misplaced priorities. Like my, my, my secondary school, the Reverend Sisters used to say, anything you put, like you said now, above God, be it food, be it anything that you don't place above God, that thing is God in your life. So that's how money is, um, can, you can be money servant, but you can probably make money your slave. If there are different ways, it's a long topic. <laughs> there are different ways, but let me, let me try to simplify it. If you're just able to dictate the terms of you arriving at that destination of getting wealth, monetary wealth, if you're not just being tossed left and right and set up by all sorts of unheard things, just for the, um, like the end justifies the means, that money is, as long as I have that money, if I kill five people, I'm justified, then that means you're slave to money. But if you're able to, you know, you get what I mean, thank you. Okay. Thank you for your contribution. Anyone else? Pastor Joe, if you want to say something, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, this um, is my wish. But before Pastor Paul, can I just yeah, go to say that um, it can be your master if you're not contented with the daily bread God gives. So it says we should pray for daily bread. And when he gives unto us, we are not satisfied with it. We want more every time so that's why we are anxious that's why we become so worried so when we are not satisfied when we don't believe that he gives us what he wants to give us per day it can be a yeah money can be our master that way because we are we, we, we are doing everything just to get more of it every day we're doing everything just to just to have it all and we are not focused on have we been given enough for the day? So that's where I think it can also be our master because that's where it will rule over us. We'll think about it like everything, like our food, like what we eat, we keep thinking. So what I say. Okay, Pastor. Yeah, um, just double-clicking on what everyone has said. From, in my, from my own perspective, I think it falls back to first and foremost understanding that everything I have, including everything I can call myself, comes from God. And, uh, and if that's the case, then it's the one that gives me the power to get wealth. Just placing things in perspective, I think it clarifies a lot of things. So I know that my money is not my money. 
it's God's money. Um, just as much as my child is not my child, it's God's child, and my job is not my job, it's God's um, gift to me, so to speak. That way, I then begin to approach managing money or making money a servant in the sense that then I'm able to ask, okay, what does my father want done? And how can the money that is in my possession serve that purpose? And of course, part of that would mean taking care of myself and my family. So it's not being selfish. Um, but again, that would then mean beyond myself, God is always making us channels. Um, and there's always someone else in mind for everything that God gives you. And so my eyes are on the others that um, God wants to bless through whatever resources he has given me, including my money. So yeah, that would be my way of thinking about it. Okay, thank you, sir. So the, the question I actually asked was, uh, how can we now make it? Because we now understand what, so these are the symptoms that we, we can see and know that, oh, I think we're making money. Once I want to do things the dubious ways, like I've read the two comments, or once I want to do, uh, let me quickly just bring the second comment. Once I want to do things beyond what is morally right to, make, to do, I'll know that, ah, this thing is becoming masterful. How can I, what can I do at that point? How can I punish? How can I punish? You know, when you say you find your child doing something you don't like, you're like, you punish your child and say, um, this thing you are doing is wrong. Your child will know, okay, actually this is wrong. This is a way for me to bring this thing under subjection. You know, Damola, what do you think? So first of all, like Pastor, um, all I have said, like when coming from the having the perspective of the fact that money it belongs to God eventually, it's not just our mm. money, God's money. So it's the source of this money. For the fact that it's in our possession, then we should <clears throat> we should <clears throat> look at it as oh, He has given us something that we can use to do different things. So we should. Yeah, basically the same way we see that our body is not our, it's not exactly our body, it's the temple of God. So we do everything to the glory of God, we do everything to that's that way should so for me that's actually the way I've been able to yeah not make money my God for me speaking. Thank you. So Jim, just to move on as well. Thank you so much, Damola, for that um uh, contribution. So just like our bo our body is uh just like in our body, when we have, uh, what's it called? When when you're going through things, you're advised to fast, to put your body under subjection. When you think that money is becoming a master, one of the ways, that, and the ways we have always said, when you see yourself doing things that are not morally right and everything, you see, you know that when this is, this is happening, you know, we ask God for the grace and you try to give, when you see that giving to anything, not just to God, paying your tithe or giving to the poor or giving to somebody is becoming very difficult, then you know that something is, is becoming um, um, wrong with you. You see yourself being kind of um, stingy on yourself, if I put it that way, you know? But um, the, one of the ways is if you find all these things, ask God for the grace to... The, to deal with those money, ask God for the grace to deal with it so that it doesn't, you don't give it wings to now take fully the place of God in your life. Henry, quick one. 
Yeah. Maybe I saw that. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes this um, knowledge and principle and the application of it, because in Philippians 2, it was talking about putting that post interest above yours. Mm. Um, and also the place of love, because why um, there's a place that uh, Paul was writing that about a particular church, and he said that he came to them not trying to, what to use, give uh, them or something like that, but he actually like gave to them and not even like it from them. Yeah. So in the place of love, you don't you don't look at what you gain from someone else, but you look more towards. Um, how you would benefit someone else because see like what would cause someone to think of being dubious to his fellow brother is when you're thinking of just yourself and not about mm. someone else so if we kind of mm. like place the principle of love and the principle of having the other person's interest above us it would sort of like help us because uh, sometimes you come to a church you're not thinking of how i would impact the church but you're thinking of how the church would give to me so even if you have an opportunity to be um where the church money is being counted. Like, yeah, you have this default mindset of like, yeah, how would I uh, get some from that? Yeah. Thank you so much, Henry. Uh, I'm not I'm going to go to this exciting part and hopefully it will end in a few minutes time. So say, how do we build wealth? Now we know what poverty is. We know um, what money is. Now, how do we build wealth? Because wealth is not a respecter of religion. If I put that word, and I'm going to explain what I mean. It works with principle wealth. And if you are sleeping all day and then fasting and praying, you probably, you see yourself not becoming wealthy. And there's this uh, uh, ideology or this mindset outside that the rich people are, if you are rich, you probably will not make heaven. And then when you are poor, you are righteous. Mm. And it's, it's just a lie that we need to make sure, make sure that you can ask yourself, is actually my poverty, not mine anyway, is actually poverty. I might be humble because you don't have that. It's just like, oh, I cannot enter first class. People that are entering first class are always team money. How can you, if you have the money to enter first class, would you actually not enter a first class? Or would you, are you talking out of uh, uh, bitterness? Or are you talking out of the fact that even if you have that, there are people that if they have that money, they will still not enter the first class. They will enter a business or a smaller class or whatever. But some people are saying it based on bitterness. So now how can you build wealth? Wealth works with principles. And I've been able to lay down four principles of wealth. I may not be able to go through all of them extensively, but hopefully um, God will reveal it to us. And maybe if we have some discussions, we can also talk about it but one of the things about um wealth is i'm giving, gonna give example with joseph joseph had a dream he had a dream and it's one of called the principle of value the principle of value joseph had a dream he shared his dream with his brothers they took care of him for 20 pieces of silver and he went to uh, potiphar's house and landed himself in jail and then in jail, he still understood his value. Your value may be to on baking cake. If you, you know, baking, bread, cake, meat pie, you know, if your name is Neto Chukuyo, that could be your value. Or making hairs or doing what, whatever you want, or even speaking. You know, some people, they are public speakers. 
you've got that you're very good in singing you're very good in whatever that's your value you've got this value you've got this like joseph joseph had this in him but did that make money for him no he was on that until god decided to do what to create an opportunity and then he now was able to market when he was speaking to pharaoh he told pharaoh that for you to avert these things in the these uh, seven days of famine, we need somebody that has so 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 amounts of credibility. We need somebody that can be able to do this. And then Pharaoh was Pharaoh was like, "There is no other person that can do this but you." So the first thing is the principle of value. How valuable are you? How have you improved yourself? Yeah, you can snap photos. You sure this evening as I was coming back home, you know this was running through my mind. I was like. I can take pictures. How can I convert this skill or this value into making money? And one of the things is the next uh, uh, principle, the principle of productivity, excellence in whatever you're doing. Have you asked yourself questions of why is water? Or let me use, because sometimes I wonder, there's a shop in Nigeria, in a animal called Droban stores. It's like a Lidl and some of these stores, shop right. The shop right, the, the, maybe they say sweet in Roban store, just a treble sweet in Roban store, maybe 300 naira. And there's an aboki man that is in front of that Roban store, which is aboki is like, uh, what's aboki in English? Like all those, uh, those, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, petit traders, yeah. Say, yeah, a petit trader selling. The same sweets for how much? For 100 naira or even 15 naira or 10 naira. So, what's the difference between the sweets in the Aboki shop and the sweets in Roban stores? Productivity. So, that value that we have, that thing that you have, that thing you can, that skill that you have, that singing you can sing, that uh, 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 clothes you can make, that baking, that uh, things you can bake. How have you been, how can you be able to use it to produce? Imagine that water, the same water that you can put in waterproof and present to somebody and sell for five naira, is the same water that Trans um, Hilton will sell in a bottle of water for 3,000 naira. The same water. What is the difference? Is productivity. So one of the reasons, one of the ways to make money, one of the ways to create wealth is we need to start working on our productivity. I think Titi said something. If you're living your life just to make money and not to make impact, then you're making money a master. If you make impact into somebody's life, imagine somebody waking up, some of somebody that is a single, or some, some of them, that some people that are single or living by themselves, students, they don't want to cook. And then you say, okay, I'll be cooking for you every week. And they say, okay, I'll pay you for the time that you're using to cook. You that cook for fun, and you start cooking from there. And somebody else tastes the food and like, who does this? It is this person. And then the person now contacts you. And that way you begin to become what? Productive. And what happens? You start making money. That is the second principle for money. You need to have value. You need to build something in yourself and then be what? Productive. You need to produce something. If you like doing, if you like, uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, doing plantain chips. Package your plantain chips. Open this in Instagram account. 
sell yourself be productive sell yourself and you never can know somebody is going to be able to pick it up we're in a world that you don't need to have shop or whatever we're in a world where you can make money online you don't need to have a shop or whatever and whatever i'm saying i'm speaking for myself because I, uh, until today i never knew that even my talking self can be i can be productive with it how productive are we it does not stop in oh i know how to sing i know how to act drama i know how to get revelation and preach i know how to cook i know how to this thing it has to be like god open my eyes to understand and to see where i can go now the last principle i've said one or two two or the third one i said i was going to say four the third principle is the principle of increase and matthew chapter 25 from verse 14 we hear the story of the, the uh, uh, a master that was traveling he gave one five talents he gave the other one three talents and gave the other one one talent that's that parable is scary sometimes to me. The one of five talents did what? He invested and he made additional. The other one was invested. He made additional. But what did the one of one talent do? He went to hide it. He did not eat it. He went to hide it. He went to hide it. And what happened? The Lord said that he could have even put it in the bank and get some more interest. God is interested in what? Our increase. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10. It says that, in, I'll use Amplified, he who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will provide and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. If I read it in KJV, he may, now may he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and what multiply your seed so and increase the fruit of your heart, of your righteousness. We have two things here, the seed and bread. When the people of Israel were hungry, God gave them bread to eat. Now, there's something I was listening to T.D. Jakes long time ago. And he was talking about how he enjoys his money with his wife and not living, saving up for the children and then don't get to enjoy your money. And you see that some of the things our fathers did, we are to have our, they saved both the seed and the bread. So any money that came, they were trying to invest, build houses, try to do investing just for school fees, fixed deposit and all that. And they themselves did not enjoy the money. Some people, they died, and you see ah, that they have up to 100 million, 200 million, 5 million, 8 million in their accounts. And you begin to ask yourself, question, why did he not enjoy the food? Remember, I said that he that ministers seed. There's a version I use, I think, ESV, he that ministers seed for the future and bread for now. Oh. I think that was the version. I can't pick it up, but he's a ministerial seed for the future and bread for now. Brethren, any money that comes to your mind, to your hand, you need to think about two things. Is it a, um, how much percentage is a seed and how much percentage is a bread, is bread now? 
we see people now say, ah, I, I used to see a funny video on people's status that said that the future should think for itself. Let me eat my money now. Will future help? But we need to think. You don't have to deprive yourself. You don't have to be stingy on yourself. But when you save, when you eat for today, remember that there is one, there is a seed for tomorrow. That is a law of increase. We need to think, how can I increase this money? How can I invest in this money? In this money? Now I have the money, I've saved this money. How can I invest in it? We've got a lot of investment opportunities. I'm, I'm the worst person to talk about that because I, 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 I'm very, I don't know how to do it. I'm asking, I'm asking God for grace if I can learn how to do that. But it's something we need to get to a point that our money starts working for us. You don't have to be working and working because of money. You need to get to a point where you work a little and you put your seed and God will do what? Will bless those your harvest and it will be working for you so that you can leave money and uh, inheritance for your children's children. The Bible says that a wise man leaves inheritance for his children's children. Now, the fourth principle, and I'm just trying to rush, so I don't want to expand so much on this, is the point where unbelievers don't have. This is the advantage we have as believers. After we've done these first three, the fourth one is where we have an advantage. There was someone, it's called the principle of prophecy. The spiritual principle, if you want to put it that way. A man was praying, was speaking to Elijah, and Elijah told him that by this time, tomorrow, this will happen, this will happen. And then the man doubted the man of God. Are we doubting the men of God when they speak into your life? When prophecy speaks into your life, you're like, ah, they want to collect our money. That's why they are saying this thing. He doubted the man of God. And what happened the next time? The word of the man of God came to pass. We are all Christians. We carry the Holy Spirit in us. We carry Jesus in us. So sometimes when you've tried different principles and things are not creating wealth for you, you have to pray over those things. Speak over those money. Speak over those things. And it will speak, it will hear the word of the Lord. There are different examples in the Bible. It has, uh, I, uh, uh, I don't want to start saying personal stories and whatever, but we have different things that you've, that each and every one of us in this call must have done and provoked the anointing on, the, on our life and seen God, the raw wonders of God in our life. Now, I have to go now to this question on the screen, which is how should I think about money? How should I think about money? I want to be ending in four or five minutes. Why did we give, why did God give your, us money? And there's a story that I read somewhere or I heard somewhere about, I think Rockefeller, I may be wrong about the person, but I'll just tell the story and then uh, hopefully I, I'm right about the person, but the story goes that he acquired a lot of money when he was young. He was one of the richest men, the oil business and all that in America. Had lots of money and all that. And what happened, he, he, was, he came to a point like the rich man in the Bible. He looked and said, what 
else can I, uh, how else can I make money that I am so rich, I don't even know what to do with money. And then this man became sick. And he became sick that he has money for food, but he cannot eat because he cannot, he had no appetite for food. His health was going so bad that the doctors gave him just few months to live. Until one day, because he went to church one of the days in his early days, he just said, who will I leave all this money for? He now said, instead of him dying, let him put the money into research. He put the money into medical research. He put some of them into missions. Lots of money. And this man had an extra 40, 45 years to live. God restored his health. And one of the uh, the results of the research is the penicillin that we use in Nigeria, most people. So how should I think about money? Whenever anything comes to your mind, my brother said, and Henry said that, think about others, the love. Think about others. Don't think about yourself, think about others. Because when you're able to think about others, you make money your, your, your servant and not your master. A lot of people, even to tithe is a problem for them. God gave you 100% and it's asking for 10% and you're like, it's even a big issue. How do I think God gave you money to finance the gospel? And like I said, financing the government gospel does not mean you should carry your money and give to a church. No. Take your money and give for the purpose of God's kingdom, for the purpose of somebody else. This man invested in research that has saved thousands of lives. What are you using your money for? How many lives have your money saved? How many people have heard Jesus because of your money? It's a food for thought. There was something I put up on my status and then I'm just going to um, end with it. Um, I'll just look it up so that I'm very sure that um, I put it right, rightly. And it says, uh, one second. Be honest enough to eat the bread of today and be disciplined enough to keep the seed for tomorrow. I'll say it again. Be honest enough to eat the bread for today and be disciplined enough to eat the seed for tomorrow. I'm gonna to ask us to take just another minute to pray this prayer. God, give us the grace to be honest, to eat this bread of today and keep the seed of tomorrow. I want us to just pray this prayer, then I'll now open the floor for questions. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. K. It's been a very 
interesting session. I know that for something of this nature, this kind of a topic, there will be um, even more enrichment from our questions and answers. Um, I really appreciate and celebrate um, everything Dr. Kingsley has said. And there's already a question to start us off on the chat thread. So we'll um, pick up on that. And then I also want to acknowledge that we actually have someone that is into financial management as a career in a manner of speaking um, on, the, on, the, on the call today. Um, Milare is, is he joins us every now and then when he's able to, he's in Canada. So time, time difference means he'll probably, this will probably be lunch break or something for him at work. Um, so, uh, and he has written a book titled Money Sense 101. So as we were talking some of those things, I just remember that, oh, actually, I was editing a book that had some of those things in it. So Money Sense 101 is on Amazon very for a very ridiculously cheap price if you want to pick up one. So um, Dari, feel free to chip in any contribution to any of these questions, especially if it lies in your area of expertise. Um, we'll be happy to hear your thoughts. So nice. Dr. K, the first question is from Damilari. Another Damilari, so there are two Daris. <laughs> who asks, how do we separate investment money from savings money? And how do we draw the line between savings and giving sacrificially? <laughs> and saving for the rainy day. This is very practical. And I mean, this is- I love that. This is where many of us are. Like now we are touching on the pressure points and the struggles as it were. So yeah, your thoughts or anybody really, I mean, it's, it's open to all of us. Okay, um, thank you. I would uh, pass to, I'll just say something and then pass to the uh, experts, but I'll come from the, probably the giving sacrificial part of it. Now, uh, we have 100% money, and this is one part of my uh, teaching. I wanted to talk about it, but I didn't want to go too strong. Um, I don't want to spend so much time talking so that we can have time to discuss. Okay. So, uh, when we talk about 100%, I always, my advice anyway, Anybody, and this is what I practice. I try to practice, not like I'm too faithful about it, but 10% of your income should be for God fighting. You know, uh, people have different views about um, fighting. But you have to give God something. If you, if you decide to, but 10% of your income should go to God, kingdom project. I always say 10% of your wealth, of your um, store of your income should be your savings money. 10% should be your savings money. And then the another 10% should be what? Your investment. Then you can be able to use 70% to do the other things that you want to do. Like your house rent, your bills and whatever should be suppressed to that 70%. You don't eat the, 100%, the 90% after you've taken away your tithe. You need to have a 10% for savings, and then a 10% for your investment. And another thing is that, like our parents did, they saved a junk uh, uh, percentage of the money. They saved it for, um, for seed. Some of them opened shares and bought all those things. No, you still have to eat. So you don't have to spend everything on investment, just a tiny bit of the money on your investment. And... I don't know, God is bringing something to my remembrance and I just have to chip it in. When it is God, this may not be part of what we are talking about, but probably for someone. When it is God, it's a gradual process. Because why I said it's that, 
we have things like MMM, for instance, that people say put 5,000 and then you get what? 200 million. And people are loading their life savings inside there. When it is God, it has to be a gradual process. Go and watch the scriptures and all that. When it is God, it has to be a gradual process. So whenever something is going that way, you want somebody is telling you invest and you get, I've tried, I've tried a couple of things that has gone like that. And by the time it looks like when I want to now join is when they now want to know that they would to fold up. So I've decided if I don't work for my money, then I'm not, uh, I want where um, I see the process and see it grow or something like that. So let's just, that's something I want to chip in for somebody. And then giving sacrificially, there is great power in giving sacrificially, but you need to be sure who is leading you to give that. Are you giving because the Lord wants you to give? If it is the Lord that wants you to give, he says that he gives harvest and he gives seed for future and he's the one that blesses the harvest. He gives seed to the future. He's the one that blesses the harvest. I think I want to stop here because I don't want to go so much. It just, that's another, another preaching on its own. That's sacrificial part of it. So, <laughs> But just know that, just be sure that it's God that is telling you. And if it's God is telling you, sometimes sacrificial is a one-off something. It's not something you do all the time. So if God says, oh, give me your salary for one month or for one week, oh, yeah, it's a sacrifice. Then he's going to provide for you for that one month. Then the second month, you continue to live your life. You know, I don't know if I've answered your questions. If not, I can pass to the financial guru to add one or two things as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Any other contribution? Yeah, please, go ahead. Yes, um, thank you very much, um, Brock Kingsley. And I think sincerely, you've answered the question. Maybe I'll just put um, some financial terms around it. So what you essentially answered what we, is what we call budgeting in financial terms, <laughs> you know. And it's, 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 um, it's very interesting that you, you've answered it and uh, that's just what it is, <laughs> you know? So what the financial people tell you essentially is that you should have a budget on a monthly basis, right? Some people have it cast in stone. Some people it's revolving, you know, revolving meaning it's, it keeps changing, you know, but just make sure that you have a budget that you're working by such that there's nothing that will just come and um, and will just throw you, you know, into um, into negative um, unknowingly, <laughs> right? Now, to the point of um, sacrificial giving, which I think came up in that question, Brokinsley has answered it very well as well. The truth is, when it's God, then of course, Pastor Edeko, who I follow very closely, will always say that God will not require something from you that he hasn't first given you. The truth is he has, he will have first given you. Personally, I've had a situation where God had told me, okay, this month's salary, everything is going into this um, particular, you know, project that is um, of God, of God. I, I mean, you know, but yeah, that's that month. After that month, you go back into your 
into your budgeting style, right? And then you keep, and in the budgeting, please make sure that, I think Brokinsley mentioned it, I, I do it that way. You have 10% tight, make sure you have a percentage that we call giveaway in my family. You know, it's called giveaway. Giveaway is where, I mean, of course, giving to people and all of that, right? So that already covers a lot of grounds in the giving aspect. But when God then requires something special, of course, you do that and you will get that blessing specially too. So mm -hmm. definitely nothing goes for nothing. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That was a, uh, thank you, sir. Uh, I wanted yes, to sir. say something, but I just, yeah, Nigerians, that's a problem we have budgeting in terms of, if we ask most of us, how much do you spend in a, a month or maybe recharge card or phone bills, not phone bills, on uh, food and all that. It's something that is difficult for us because we just, um, let's just eat. It's someone that is alive that will, that, that will enjoy tomorrow and all that. But that was uh, uh, lovely. Thank you, sir. Any other question? My, mine is a confession of my struggle with just that last point about budgeting and how, on the one hand, I'm married to someone that is much of a giver. I used to think I was a giver until I met my wife. <laughs> and on, this, on the other hand, um, sometimes, I don't know, I think pastoral ministry comes with some very interesting um, eventualities, let me put it like that. Um, and so trying to maintain a balance between we have said we are not spending more than X, Y, Z amount for this month, maybe under whatever category, the giveaway or the church stuff or even on mass gifts and all of that. There are times that different things will just come up and I am quick to acquiesce or to submit to, okay, it's really important. Every need is really important. And sometimes you do that to, to a fault as, uh, and, and run yourself into negative to use uh, our financial man's words. So yeah, I'm just saying I've gotten another point from what you said um, and, and something to be more intentional and working on. So thank you very much. That's helpful. Um, so can I just say something as well? Um, in as much as it's good, excuse me, it's good to uh, give. There's something as well that um, I've heard Pastor Ola tell uh, Sister Ife, and that's you need to learn how to say no, you know? And one thing is that Jesus died for us and Jesus provides for us all and we can never carry the, I, I used to be like that when like the state of Nigeria and all that, when I was a uh, when I'm in UK, not like I was, I'm still in UK. <laughs> so when I when I was, uh, you know, uh, still starting uni and all that, you know, I'll be like, I'll feel so bad about the whole thing. And people not eating, like literally I'll feel like, what can I do and all that? Mm -hmm. I was like, you cannot carry everybody's body. I'm not Jesus Christ. So I'll do the little I can do and then do what? Expect and pray to God to also do what? Fix for other people. So like uh, our brother said, you need to have something, some percentage that they, I think there's one that the bankers as well call community service or something, where you just um, put some of those percentage for your community service. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. I yeah. I've heard someone say that. So we need to also 
bring that. So the, the, the key of the whole thing is that in every of your finances, you need to have percentages that are going. And once you hit your budget for recharge card, unless somebody's dying, unless somebody's dying, that's when you have to buy a recharge card again. You know, I, I remember when I was learning this in 2007, I used my cousin in blessed memory. I'll give him money. I'll say, hold this money for me. That even if I'm crying, don't give me the thing. And that guy, I thought he hated me, but he trained me, to be honest. I'll be like, hey, I need to buy that. I can't, I can't eat what is in the house. Give me money now. You tell me no, that is on to so, so, so date or so, so, so time. And that was one of the ways that he trained me. So I think it's just um, a good way as well to try to stick to your budget and be disciplined on yourself so that you don't eat your seed and just maintain your bread. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Any other questions? I've got, I've got a, a question, a, a comment. Anything in between that? Yeah, so, uh, am I okay now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So my question would be, um, now we've talked about ways to like minimize spending, how to budget and all those kind of things. So, but is it safer to make more money or to think of ways to stop your spending? Exactly. Is it safer to what? To make more, sorry. Hello. Yep. Okay. So I'm gonna ask, is it safer to make more money or to think of ways to, ways to not budget, but to minimize your spending? Mm. Mm. I think can I try to answer that? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm not a financial okay. Well, well, what I'll just say is the truth is that um, like like someone said, I think I think it's um Boyedepo, and I think it's a it's a true statement that you don't you don't grow big to manage well, you manage well to grow big. So mm. whether you are whether you are earning uh, one million or earning hundred thousand. If you have not learned how to put structures in place on how that money should be spent, yeah. it's the same way you are spending twenty thousand. You are going to spend one million. Little wonder why some people will win um lottery and three five years down the line they are back, they are back to where they started from because the structures they, they didn't have structure in place. Mm. on how to spend that money so when it came into their hands because there was nothing existing on ground there was nothing they could build on so they just yeah. they just blew it away so what i would say is it's it's valid you should increase your capacity to earn through skills or multiple or whatever whatever means that is legitimate and legal within the ambit of the law and within your capacity increase your ability to earn went from only one basket then have structures like that budgeting like that um dr N, dr kingsley has said that's something as simple as have saving 10 percent 10 percent i think I, that was one of the principles that was shared in um, i think richest man in babylon or something so mm. so i think what that does what that does for us is if you are able to set aside that money over a period of time you are you'll be able to um you'll be able to plug into opportunities that show that show up along the line. There are some opportunities that just come that once you just have maybe just like 50k mm -hmm. and you're able to just invest in that and particular investment vehicle. 
in the next three months, you are sure that, okay, they're going to harvest or it's going to bring about this. But if you didn't have that savings, where would you have pulled it out from? So I think savings kind of um, gives us the opportunity to have a pool of funds that we can easily pull from when there is need for investment or when, when an investment show up. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, please, can you repeat that quote again? I just want to be sure I got it well. You don't grow big to manage well. You manage well. Yes, to grow manage big. well to grow big. That's deep. That's, that's <laughs> deep. That is the structure. deep. Like. <laughs> it's classic, man. <laughs> Damala, go on. Okay, yeah, so I have a question. Yeah, I think it's just one question. Okay, so regarding this whole money thing, and for me, I am heavily dependent on my parents right now for money. I'm a student, I don't exactly have any work and all of that. So over the years, no, not over the yeah, over the months, years, exchange rates, I know I've been having issues with exchange rates, it's been increasing, it's been on the rise. So because of that, I used to tithe. I'm trying not to beat up myself for that, but then I used to tithe. But then when, just, when things just started getting tougher and tougher, I was like, I don't know if, if tithe is exactly like, maybe I should relieve, I don't, I wouldn't say relieve myself of that burden, but then it's like just, I believe one, I'm heavily dependent on my parents. So in a way, I believe that God should, God should have a sort of reservation for people like me because really it's not easy. Like there are lots of things I've had like to you. check and cut on spending triggers, <laughs> trying to <laughs> save well, trying to lot of things really. So it's like is fighting really like can fighting the excuse for someone like me? Like you people, men of God, please help me. You know, I just like, I like the openness. I like the, I mean, yeah. the fact that you, you were that open, sincerely, mm -hmm. I, I truly appreciate that. But um, maybe I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that thing, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And I'll talk from personal um, experience. I don't know that Titan can be excused. I mean, you can be excused from it, right? Um, and sincerely, maybe there are different schools of thoughts, but it and it can be, it can end up being a personal decision, really, mm -hmm. at at your stage. But at my stage, when I was at your stage, I decided. I mean, I have been tight. My parents have taught me, you know, of course, from the Apostolic Church. Then they give you two hundred naira. They tell you, I had the tight card since I was very little, you know, and that was what. I, I mean, taught me to keep on tightening, even up to, up to university, up to my first um, salary as a as a primary school teacher, and all of those things. You know, so what I believe is that there's a way God uses, I mean, sees that faithfulness and provides for you, mm. you know, um, in in some ways that you will not mm. you will not uh, really understand. Mm -hmm. The way a preacher said it is that with and sincerely just hold on to some of this and sometimes it's about how you hold on to it with your faith so a preacher said it one time and i just held on to it like that he said when you do the titan it's almost like you are banking in heaven it's like you have a bank account in heaven 
that you can call on at, at, you know, at times when things are hard. Now, let me give you my own time when things was, was hard and I had to call on that, on that, um, on that bank account. And you could say, well, maybe things were not even hard, but I just wanted to test if I really had that bank account. <laughs> things were not really hard, right? But I wanted to test, yes. I wanted to place a test. <laughs> I wanted to see that if I, if, do I really have this bank account? Okay, so this is what happened. I, and I remember I've been tightening since I was little and I didn't, I've not called on that bank account up to that time, right? So I finished um, service, that's NYSC. Mm -hmm. I served, I served in a bank and then um, I was coming, I was getting the money from the bank, I was getting the money from the government. I was um, I was doing all my tithing faithfully and all of that. And then I finished service, I think that was June or July 20, 2011, right? And um, I had some some job offers, but none was going to start. The first one that was going to start was going to start in August. Essentially, I was going to have a month where I was not going to have anything coming in, meaning I was not going to pay tight. And I wasn't cool with that. I wasn't cool with it. I was like, no, God, <clears throat> I don't want to have any month gap where nothing will come in and which will essentially mean that I will not pay tight as well. And that was going to be the month of July, right? Remember, I finished in June. The first, I mean, one of the job offers, the first one was going to start in August. So I was going to have July off. And then I prayed that prayer faithfully. I said, God, I'm calling on my bank account in heaven now. Something should come in this July. I didn't, I'm not going to ask money from anybody. I'm not going to beg for money or whatever. Then, I mean, imagine what happened. The government and some of you that remember that time, maybe Pastor Kola will have benefited also. The government just decided that at that point, they were going to increase the allowance, NYSC allowance from, I can't remember, okay, from I think from 7,000 or 9,000 to 19,000. Yeah. And they were going to pay arrears. Now, see, yeah. this is it, this is it. They, they, they signed that thing into law maybe around April or something. They've not started paying. They now decided they were going to start to pay that money in that July. I had finished service, so I was not going to supposed to benefit. But here is what happened. They now said they were going to pay arrears from when they signed that thing into law. Yeah. They were going to pay arrears. So meaning those of us who collected the 9,000 or so that they were paying before, they we're going to pay us the difference between the 9,000 and the, the 19,000 19, times three. Yeah, for three months. <clears throat> times three, right? So essentially, I was going to, I was having over 30,000 free money coming in in that July. I just looked up and said, oh, yes, this, I, I truly have a bank account over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I called on that bank account. And it came true for me. Uh, you know? So sincerely, it can be it can look like, oh, what are you saying? I mean, that that just happened, blah, blah. But like Pastor Idebo will say, just do just believe this thing and do it. Uh, Let it work for you as well, you know. So that that is that is all I will say there. Thank you. Th thank you very much for that tip. I, I, and, and just to 
I mean, someone might listen to that testimony and still have like, okay, how does this um, pertain to me? Or maybe you have a totally different school of thought about fighting and that's okay. But the point is, in fact, when Damala was asking that question, my, my the default response that came to my mind is to say, you then need to understand why you are tightening in the first instance like come to a point the issue is not about will god excuse me the issue is about what's your personal deep-seated conviction about the practice or discipline of titan and until you're able to bottom that out for yourself and you're just doing it either because they said we should do it or my parents said or i think you will then be bamboozled here and there. But you can see someone sharing a personal testimony from, it is deep-seated. It's, not, it's no longer just because my parents trained me to it. I, I have tested and seen, so to speak, that this faithfulness is not a faithfulness that goes to waste. And God always comes true. Um, and when you get to that point, then the question you are having, you won't have it. On the other hand as well is, the general understanding that God is faithful and God is kind and God is, he understands and he sees you where you are. Um, does that mean that it would permit you to skip on tight for a certain month? It's not impossible. But again, this comes down to, I, there's nothing like legalistic about this. It's not about if you don't do this, then you're a goner or you're no longer a child of God. But the point is, what's your understanding about this? And secondly, what's your relationship with God like? And so there are things that some Christians will do guiltlessly that some other people, some other believers will do, and they will feel very guilty about it because they've not done it out of faith. And Romans 14 says, whatsoever you do out of faith is sin, um, or whatever you do inconsistent with your deep-seated belief is sin. And so those two, those are the two stands, so to speak, that I would sit your question on to say, okay, first, what's my belief about Titan? Um, and secondly, what's my relationship with God like? And so if I don't do something that I think I should do, how do I feel about it in all honesty? How does the Holy Spirit in me feel about it in all honesty? And so when I begin to weigh all those things together, discernment emerges and there is clarity on what to do going forward. So I hope that's helpful. One way or the other. And Dam Larry, thanks for sharing that, that experience. Thank you. Dam Larry, there is a bit of Papa in your voice. A bit of what? Papa, Papa Edipal in his voice. I know, I can say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, did you say Papa? A bit of Edipal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, son. <laughs> he has, he has true. He has his son. Actually, uh, one of the things I wanted to say uh, uh, to add to what Pastor has said, uh, Damola, is if you are able and you have the capacity to work to make up and pay the tight, then do that. That's I remember the the word is if you are able, if you are able to. That way, it will help you to um, add up to what your parents are. Even if it's for you're in the UK, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, you're not in UK. Sorry, I was assuming you are in UK. So I don't know where you are. If you have uh, uh, like part-time jobs, but if you don't have, that's okay. 
But like Pastor said, it's your mindset. But why I said if you're able to work, work up and pay it up. But it's all about your uh, revelation and all that. Any other question? Yeah, thank you very much for the um, answers and all of that. I would say that, well, I've been thinking of some, like just starting up something because really it's like, I can't exactly ask my dad for more money out of the booth. But yeah, like I've been, because I've been really feeling guilty about it. And then I'm like, I really need to do something to keep my Titan back on track. So yeah, but then really right now, I feel like it's just faith. Like hearing um, Brother Wadara's testimony, I feel like right now I just really need level of faith, like to just keep believing in God and yeah, till I eventually maybe find something that would also supplement. Yeah. Amen. Thank just you. call on the bank accounts. I love that uh, analogy. Bank <laughs> accounts upstairs. Yes. You know, I'm going to call that bank account. So. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you. Someone was about making a contribution before. Yeah, it was me, sir. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, in case even if you don't have a job, because I remember when I first came in, I, I did try my best to find a job and and continue to pay my tithe. But if the little your parents, um, the little they are giving you, even if you don't, you're, you're not working at the moment, with that faith, you can still pay, no matter how little it is, you can still pay. And trust me, like there are some, sometimes I don't even have money in my account throughout that month and I still want to pay tight. And the little thing I can do sometimes, you could, you know, cook something for someone. I think it comes in different ways if that's what i believe even if i don't have money in my country at the month and i'm not able to work i can cook for someone i can reach out to someone with anything little i have and i take it as my titan and yeah and that's what i believe and i continue to do that and when i have it i pay and it's not that it's, it's not that when i have it i don't pay no when i have the tight when i'm working i pay when my parent gives me something i pay but when I don't have anything at all, I know that he's faithful and he's, he sees all. So the little I can do, even if it's to cook, if it's to reach out to someone with good words, I think it's still tightening. I think it's still giving what you have, however you have it to God. So, That's interesting. Thank you very much. Thank I've had a great question, but I don't know if it's within the scope of this uh, discussion. Shoot. So it would be around what can you tight on? What can you tight on? <laughs> I would have even added, I'm sorry. I would have even added another, another question, yeah. actually. Sorry to interrupt all. Yeah, no, go on. So I, <laughs> what do the last, um, the last statement of, uh, or the last um, contribution of them, if you were like, stirred up more questions, interestingly. Mm -hmm. I'm having um we are I'm having uh, a, a meeting called an exclusive meeting tomorrow where we are going to be discussing most my chat most my tides go to church, mm. so I'm really looking forward. <laughs> so I could probably ask that. Okay, is it peculiarly the church? I don't know if it's within the scope of what we are discussing. I know we're discussing money. So is my tithe supposed to be to church? Well, because I know that Malachi said that bring you all the tithe to my storehouse. So if you said to my storehouse. Where is the storehouse? Uh, where is the storehouse exactly? 
And if you also, if in fact, if you want to trace it, if you want to trace it back to um, numbers Leviticus days, yeah. you see where um, there's a percentage that that was actually um, like set out for um, maybe charitable works. Uh-huh. There's a percentage that after people bring it to the priest, the priest that it was brought to, have, they have to give a particular percentage out or something. Uh-huh. There's a percentage they should eat in the presence of God. So, so it's a whole. So I don't. So I don't know. I know Pastor is here, and I know there are experts here that can help me. <laughs> um, praise okay. first, and then we'll come to Brother Milare Oshunro. Um, praise. All right, thank you. Just to quickly add to the question, so that we'll just answer them together. Because I was also having that issue when I was serving. I served close to my house, but I wasn't based at home fully. So I had another church I was attending, like close to where I was staying, where I was serving. So I had this issue, okay, which of the churches do I pay my tithes to? Is it my home church? Because I still go to my home church like twice in a month. Mm. Then I attend another church around my area like twice in a month also. So I had that, do I divide my tithes to two and pay half here, pay half there? And even after service, yeah, okay, I listened to some other churches program online. I followed them. You know, there's some part also you say, okay, give to this um, ministry, pay your tithes. Mm-hmm. I still have that. Do I pay my tithe? And I think I heard someone say, maybe where you are fed or where you are being blessed by the word of God is where you pay your tithes and stuff like that. So I just want to know, is it like, do we divide our tithes? Does it have to be to a particular ministry or how do we do that? Mm. Okay. Brother Larry, go on. All right, sir. Thank you very much. So, um, thank God, Pastor is here, like you said. So, he, he would then um, help us with, with it at the end of the day. But I think he has already said something earlier that would also help, which is that at the end of the day, you must find that conviction and, um, you know, be really convinced and stay by it. And that's not to dribble around the question. I'm still going to try and touch on you know then some of the points now concerning if you should pay the tithe to the to to the church i will use maybe by now you you will have um, seen that i'm a bit of a traditional person so i will use another <laughs> one of our fathers which is um baba baba um Adeboe in this case mm. so baba Adeboe said something <laughs> about whether you should pay the tithe to the church and listen to this very carefully it said, when you want to pay your NEPA bill, do you go and give that um, electrician in your on your street and say, oh, <laughs> can you I'm paying because, your line. because he, yeah, because he helps you to repair some of your some <laughs> of your electricity problems sometimes. You now say, okay, I'm giving this, I'm giving you my NEPA bill. I mean, my paying my NEPA bill to you or something. No. You pay it to Nepal. You mm. take it to, to the Nepal. No matter, <laughs> no matter the help, the extent of help that that electrician guy or whoever is the middle, you know, because the issue is some people will say, well, why not just give it to people in the middle? Like, why do you need to take it to the church? Why not the people say the church will still bring it to this place or we still use it for this at the end of video? That's, I don't think that should be our concern, well, how the church will use it or what the church will. 
I think for me, well, that's that's where I mean that's how my how, how I have been convinced about it, which is that uh, it should be paid to the church, right? So that that's for that one. Then for <clears throat> whether you should share it or something, sincerely, again, my conviction on that is that for me, I'm not so I'm not so strict about that. And this is this is some of the experience I've had before. Before I mean in in, in times past. One of my overseers will tell you, Damilari, of God of she know sometimes. Uh, and this is this is this is what it means. Yes, this is what it means. Sometimes I want to pay a tithe that is that might be quite huge. Right? The guy who advised me is an overseer, rich guy, but we're just close. We are, the guy can tell me, oh no, break it. Don't pay, don't pay everything once, right? Break it into two or into three, right? Because you know how the apostolic church practice, everything goes on record anyway, mm -hmm. you know? So so that so that you are also, you know, covering your head. I mean, how do you say it in Yoruba? Mm. You know, you're, just, uh, you're doing it. You're exposing yourself unnecessarily. Hey, you're not, exp thank you. You're not exposing yourself unnecessarily. So if you are going to be paying a tithe that is, that is quite uh, substantial, you can break it, and if for you breaking it means paying it, like you said, you, you attend two churches, mm. you want to pay some here, pay down some there. At the end of the day, you are convinced that you've paid the amount of tithe that you should pay, which is actually the very first important thing, right? Sorry, I'm, 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 I'm a bit um, extreme on the on this tithe thing, and I learned this from that overseer again. Overseer will tell you sometimes we see. Damilari, you can't be paying the tithe of where you are right now. Pay the tithe of where you want to. Where you want to. <laughs> where you are aiming to get to. <laughs> pay the tithe of where you want to get to, right? Oh, or where like you're that. looking at. You know, which is why you 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 will not see some some people. I, I don't want to. I won't. I won't just put myself in that pocket mm. totally. But some people will not even do ten percent. Mm -hmm. it, just do they will do more they will do and i'm not saying you should do that it's about conviction mm -hmm. are you convinced now if you now see the tight card some some people stumbled on i don't like to use myself as an example so much mm -hmm. <laughs> but when you see the tight card of some people and you now see the pro, pro, the projection i mean the yeah, progression like... rather, the progression how they moved from paying tight from 200 naira to to the thousands you you would appreciate it you you would you would say oh wow yeah this is how this thing works yeah because they've just they've been convinced by it and are trying to be faithful you know to it so sincerely i would say it comes back to what pastor said earlier about yeah being convinced about it and staying faithful where you are convinced but be, be make sure that you are convinced on the right thing the bottom line is you know paying it faithfully fully you know maybe you now cut it and pay some here pay some there those those things for me are not so i'm not so rigid about those right but uh -huh. paying it to the church and paying it fully is uh -huh. is probably something i would not i would not compromise yeah thank you
Thank you. Um, Sister Adela, I actually saw you raise your hand for one second and took it down, but we would still like to hear what you had to say in that one okay. second. So go ahead. Right. Hi, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, so I'd just like to add to um, what Brother Milaria said, contribution to Brother Milaria Yusuf's question. <laughs> Must I go to the church? So I'd say yes. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to check my Bible to see. I've forgotten where exactly it is. But I know that I know that um God established tight because the Levites were not working. And so it was it was a way for them to be fed so to speak and tithes should go to the church where you are being fed spiritually right mm -hmm. so that is you know one of the reasons why your tithes should go to the church now um personally i'm not um of the opinion you know of people that say um, we don't like what our pastors are using our tithes for and stuff and, you know, things like that. In a way, personally, it's really none of my business. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it because it's a command and so that there might be food, you know, in the storehouse for them to be fed because in those days they were not expected to work. So aside tithes, we would still give offering, we would still give um, free will offering and you know the other stuffs. Yeah, so that's just what I'm, I was going to add. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know if anybody still has any anything to add. Okay, it's 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 always feels like a bit of pressure sometimes when everybody contributes and then they are waiting for Pastor Kola. <laughs> do you have some special revelation i've learned from what everybody has said honestly and um back to where we started from somehow um or one of the things we've said before about the fact that this comes down back to each and every one of us being able to bottom out our convictions about the subject of titan we started about money but of course it shows how much of a pressure point Titan has been the time that we've devoted to talking about it. And um, if, you, if you move from denominations to denominations, there's every tendency that there will be a shift of emphasis here and there to different denominational um, stance about it. Um, but there is still a common thread through, because I think sampling the opinions of all the contributors I've heard so far, we are fine with the idea and the, with the doctrine of Titan, if I could actually even put it like that. Um, but then the issue, the common thread or commonality throughout all of that is one, the fact that you know that you're not just doing this um, in a legalistic sense, um, or you're not doing it to, to, if I do this, God will do that as a transactional thing. Faith is never meant to be a transactional, I, I, I name it, I claim it, I do this, I do that. If I put in this, I must get that back. If that's why you are doing anything in Christianity, it's, it's faulty. That's a faulty foundation. Because God is faithful, God is sovereign, God is way bigger than everything that we can ever imagine. So for instance, if I would back down a bit and go back to um, Damilari's case study of making a request from that account upstairs 
if that story had not played out the way it played out, that still doesn't invalidate the fact that there is a blessing attached to Titan. But God does know that him seeing and experiencing that will further bolster the faithfulness that he has enjoyed over the years. And I mean, that testimony has inspired someone else on this platform today. And so it's God glorifying, if you get what I mean, to honor that desire to come true and come true for him in that mega way. Um, I just thought to quickly uh, um, touch on that. But then from the questions we've asked, should we tithe? I think the chorus answer here is yes. Uh, should my tithe go to the church? Again, I think the chorus answer is yes. But the question then becomes, especially in this day of um, virtual meetings and lots of pluralistic resources out there, you tend to feel like you are being nourished from multiple sources. But you must be able to differentiate between a source that nourishes you and your church. Um, and again, of course, it's not impossible for that to be a little bit clumsy, especially, for instance, the perfect or the particular case study that praise painted. You are spending two Sundays in one particular church and two Sundays in, a, in another particular church. Perhaps you are almost equally involved in both whenever you are, wherever you are. And it would then feel like a bit of injustice for you to just take all your tithes and pour it in one particular church at the neglect of whatever it is that you are getting from the other church. Um, again, in this case, I think there is no hard and fast rule about it. Can you and the Holy Spirit come to an agreement about how you are going to proceed with that? Absolutely. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do, Holy Spirit. Or in fact, what do you want me to do? And it's not, you know, it goes back to what we said originally that this is his money. It's not your money. Everything we have comes from him, 100%. Giving 10% back is just um, a gesture of us saying, it all belongs to you, actually. So even if you want more than 10%, it all belongs to you. And we trust that you that supply this would continue to be our sustenance so that we can do all that we can do for, this, for, the, for the magnification of your glory and making your name and your grace and your glory and your salvation famous on the earth. And so you can come to an agreement with the Holy Spirit about that, that you feel guiltless about. And um, I don't see why that should be a problem. Um, the third part, I think there was one other question um, that was asked, but I can't, I can't remember now. But I believe that every contribution that we've given, especially all the um, case studies to back it up, um, resonates with me as well. Um, it's a principle that anyone that has tasted and seen that it works will just continue to tell people, in spite of whatever any other person may say, that see, no matter what anybody can tell me, I will do this because I've seen that I've tasted of the heavenly gift, so to speak. That's the point I want us to get to. And you don't get to that point just because somebody said, you get to that point because you put the discipline to practice based on the convictions that you have come to and see for yourself. In fact, God invites us to test him in this regard and see if he won't open the windows of heaven and pour forth a blessing. Um, I mean, some will go on and argue about the fact that, yeah, in the New Testament, the one of a couple of responses to tithes is just, it's never in a commanding sense. Um, Jesus was just making an allusion, for instance, that you pay the tithes of this, you pay the tithes of that. You should do weightier matters, but also don't leave this undone. 
which also of course confirms that Jesus is saying continue to do it, but there are also some weightier things to do, especially in the context of the Pharisees. And then, of course, in the, in, the, in the epistle to the Hebrews, where the whole conversation about Mekisedek and Abraham comes forth again. Um, but the point is, whichever way you want to look at it, Damilari raised the point about the fact that if you actually trace it down the Old Testament, you start, you start seeing that it's not as simple as 10% as we've made it, or as it has become, because it was never actually about money. <laughs> it's about tangible things, fruits, resources, ends the world, bring it to my storehouse. And now that the storehouse is the bank account of a particular ministry or church, it, it can become really confusing and, and raise all sorts of questions, especially in an age where some ministries are not as accountable as they should be and transparent about whatever it is that they are doing with church money. But then again, I like the stance that I've seen and heard again and again amidst us. It's not about what they do with it. It's about my dealing with God. I've done my own part is an ever faithful covenant keeping father whoever then goes on to mismanage that will stand to give an account of his or mismanagement based on this the responsibility or she has been saddled with in a stewardship but in your stewardship of what god has given you you have shown to god that there is nothing that he has given you that can be so much important to you that you can release it back to him and that's worship. That's glorifying to him. That's exalting to him. He delights in people that are able to do that, to, to use them for any and any purpose, really, um, to advance his, his plans and his agenda on the earth. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's my mumbled thoughts about it. I don't want to come to a point of saying, this is how it should be. This is how it must be, because that would be colored one by partly by my denominational stance and two, by my personal practice um, and personal convictions about some of these things. And I wouldn't want to impose that on anybody, but I want us all to come to, and this is not just only about Titan, practically many other issues like that of doctrine, um, we must be able to say, this is what I believe about this, not just because they said I should believe it, but because it has moved from secondary knowledge to a primary um, decision, if you get what I mean. And, and once we're able to do that, of course, still doing that with this openness to learn whatever the Holy Spirit still wants to teach you, because we continue to learn. And there are some issues that you feel like you've bottomed it out, you've bottomed it out. But again, the Holy Spirit keeps cracking theological nutshells any and every time. And if it does that about any particular thing that you've always held there, as long as it's not contravening the central gospel, the gospel is the gospel. There is nothing to add to it. There's nothing to take away from it. It's plain. It's clear from God's word. But these very many other paraphernalia uh, that the, the tradition of church history has handed down to us from the scriptures, from their ways of viewing scriptures, we need to also come to a point of personal engagement with them and personal convictions on them and then all that firmly while having our ears opened to whatever it is that the Holy Spirit might still want to teach us about it and if you feel confused about anything at any time ask people that you feel are more spiritually mature than you um, or bring it to forums like this where you can hear from different people's thoughts and experiences and we can learn and enrich ourselves and um, yeah that's that's where I would land it I don't know if there's any other contribution. Wow.
2059. I thought that we we're actually going so fast today that by half eight will be done. Uh, but yeah, I think it's been time well spent. So thank you so very much. <laughs>